A Canadian soldier has been charged with human trafficking. Two Saskatchewan men have also been charged with human trafficking and sexual assault. Former cop who admitted he sexually assaulted 11 people has been given an 18-month sentence to be served at home. Worker died at Montreal's Trudeau Airport, and between 22 and 31 people have been killed in airstrikes in Khartoum. Good morning. It's Monday, July 10th. I'm Nora, and here are your headlines. We start this morning at Petawawa, where Master Warrant Officer Jason Whalen has been arrested with human trafficking and drug offenses. He is in custody and will be tried in civilian courts, reports the Ottawa Citizens' David Pulezi. There were no details released about the charges. Whalen was deployed to Afghanistan three times, in 2001-2002, 2005, and 2012. And that's all the public knows about this case, which doesn't seem acceptable considering his role and the seriousness of the charges against him. Next to another human trafficking story, this time in Tisdale, Saskatchewan. The RCMP there has charged three people with human trafficking related to work. Mohammed Massoum and Sohail Haider were charged. They don't talk about the third person. Both men live in Tisdale. Massoum was also charged with three counts of sexual assault, reports Brooke Kruger from Global News. A woman from Bangladesh was forced to work 10 to 12 hours per day, seven days a week, at restaurants in Gull Lake, Melrose, and Tisdale. She was confined to a basement with water, damaged concrete, and minimal lighting when she wasn't working. Police have said that her employers threatened to take her work permit away if she didn't comply or if she called police. The police believe that it's possible there are more victims. The article seems to only quote police and doesn't say which restaurants the woman worked at or whether or not Masoom and Haider owned the restaurants or just supplied the work somehow. Again, police, not enough information. Journalists, don't just talk to police. We need more information about this stuff. Next, a former police officer with the Niagara Police Service has been sentenced to 18 months to be served at his home. David Kukoli had admitted to sexually abusing 11 women in what CBC News is calling, quote, his side massage business, unquote. His business, if you could call it that, operated out of his Port Coburn home and he called it, quote, massage by Dave, unquote. He used a different last name and he was not a registered massage therapist. So he didn't really operate a business. He was doing fraud with the purpose of getting access to women he could sexually abuse. Let us be clear. His assaults caused deep psychological harm to his victims who found themselves trapped as he sexually abused them under the auspices of a massage. Now, here's where the news becomes very, very important. Kukoli was a veteran police officer at the time of his arrest. Rather than this information telling the judge that there was something seriously wrong with Kukoli and that he probably deserved a very harsh sentence considering the fraud to go and commit these abuses, the judge saw it in the opposite direction. He was given a light sentence because of his, quote, long record of service to the community, unquote, as he was a cop for 28 years and because he, quote, stepped up to the plate, unquote, and pled guilty, sparing his victims the process of going through court. But that's not all. The judge allowed him to serve his sentence in the comfort of his home so that he would be able to take care of his high blood pressure 
and also take care of his stepchildren. <laughs> it's like, what? It will also allow him from being harmed in prison, says the judge. Hmm, how is it a cop is the only one who might fear for their safety in prison? The judge said that he would be an, quote, obvious target for some other inmates who do not consider police officers to be their friends. <laughs> I would love for Justice Richard Bloin to unpack that for us. Might there be people who dislike the police because they consistently act like they're above the law and their power trips literally land people in jail? This case is a stunning breach of trust. This guy lied about being a legitimate massage therapist, used the lie to get access to people to sexually assault, and then gets to serve his sentence at home. He's a danger to society. And while I personally don't believe that prisons are the solution, they're the solution that we have in society right now. And unless police are literally above the law, this guy has gotten off with well, sexually assaulting 11 people, and he just has to stay at home for the next 18 months. I mean, what? Brock University professor Robin Bourgeois responded to the sentence saying this, these are the cases that drive sexual violence in this country. Survivors are unlikely to come forward because of the law's failure to take their trauma seriously, which means perpetrators evade capture and continue to sexually abuse people, unquote. CBC's Samantha Beattie also talks to Nicole Peach from the Ontario Coalition of Rape Crisis Centres, who muses that had Kukoli been an actual massage therapist, there's little doubt that he'd be serving his sentence in prison. Right. Of course. According to Ontario's public sector disclosure legislation, Kukoli's salary peaked in 2015 when he made $150,000 that year as a cop. To Montreal next, where an airport worker has died. He worked for Equans and fell to his death. He was trying to unblock a bag from the machine when he fell. Quebec's Workplace Health and Safety Board, the CNSST, was on site immediately to investigate. The death triggered the CNSST to stop bag processing of some kind at Montreal's airport. I have to admit, I spent about seven minutes trying to figure out what kind of baggage handling they stopped because the French says one thing, but none of the English translations are very uh, helpful. So here we go. In La Presse, an airport official is quoted as saying that the problem was with le déblocage des valises. Déblocage des valises, in my mind, means the conveyor belts that baggage is on, that they stopped all the conveyor belts that the baggage was on. But maybe not. CTV News reports that it means unlocking luggage, which is a literal translation, and CBC reports that it means deblocking luggage on the conveyor belt which doesn't really make sense because I don't know at what point baggage gets blocked or deblocked, or if that's a technical term for them putting the baggage on conveyor belts or not. Anyway, neither term makes much sense to me, and this one might have to be lost a little bit in translation. Regardless, the CNSST is shutting it down to investigate. Normally, the CNSST will conduct investigation into any workplace death in Quebec, but it might be the case that Equans falls under federal jurisdiction. While that's not yet clear, it'll be the Transportation Safety Board that investigates if the employee was a federal employee. Now, this issue had nothing to do with videos that you might have seen this past weekend from Montreal's airport where fire was streaming out of the baggage compartment of an Air Canada plane as it sat on the tarmac. Not much information related to what triggered that fire there, though I'll be watching very carefully to see, was it a lithium battery? Lithium batteries cause a surprising number of fires in airports on airplanes worldwide.
And finally, the BBC is reporting that at least 22 people have been killed in an airstrike in Khartoum. The Sudanese army's hit ranged from the Dar el Salam district of Omdurman to Khartoum on either side of the Nile. The RSF disputes the death toll, saying that it was actually 31 people. They control most of Khartoum, Omdurman, and Bahri. The Sudanese army has therefore carried out frequent air attacks in the area. Almost 3 million people have fled since the fighting began in April, and hundreds have been killed. The Intergovernmental Authority on Development is trying to start a peace process to bring the sides to the table and come up with a plan. But Sudan's top military man says he will not be attending the meeting. The IGAD is a bloc comprised of eight states in eastern Africa, Djibouti, Eritrea, Ethiopia, Kenya, Somalia, South Sudan, Sudan and Uganda. Their meeting starts today in Ethiopia. Those are your headlines for Monday, July 10th. I'm Nora. You're listening to this podcast at sandyandnora.com, on the Real News Network podcast feed, and on campus radio stations syndicated across Canada. I hope you have a great Monday. I hope that the heat has broken wherever you are, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.